Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegirard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Gerard, and my guest today is Kara Ruda. Kara is an award-winning USA Today and Amazon Charts best-selling author of contemporary fiction that explores what goes on beneath the surface of seemingly perfect lives. Her novels of domestic suspense include Somebody's Home, The Next Wife, The Favorite Daughter, Best Day Ever, and All the Difference. And her latest, The Widow, is coming on December 1st. To date, Kara's work has been translated into more than 10 languages. Welcome, Kara. Thank you, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's so fun. It's so fun. Um, okay, tell our listeners a little bit about The Widow. Yes. Well, I know. I love this cover. Don't you? I do <laughs> too. I almost thought I should be wearing my pearls, but I, I know, I know. I, I was thinking these... that too. If, should I do that for, and then it might be a little much because the next wife had the, a woman in sunglasses. So a lot of interviews I did black sunglasses for, but I, yeah, I did not put the pearls on today, but anyway, yes. So the widow is set in Washington, DC. It's my first one set there. I got to spend a couple of years in, stomping around in the historic and backstabbing place uh, when my husband was serving as a congressman. And that's kind of where the idea started. I learned about a tradition called the widow's mandate, which is actually the way most women in the last, like since the beginning of our country, had a chance to serve in Congress. And it was the tradition of whether if you're a senator, a governor would, and you died in office, the governor appoints your predecessor. And like most recently, John McCain's widow, Cindy McCain, became, you know, filled his, fulfilled the rest of his term. And really um, in the House, people, they do special elections. And it's the tradition that the wife would run for that special election and then vacate the seat afterwards, of course, so the party can put somebody more um, appropriate in. However, there have been a lot of uh, widows mandate participants who, after they got into office, really enjoyed their time there. So, for example, um, Sonny Bono's widow, Mary, she got elected in special election to fulfill his term after he died tragically. And then she went on to serve two or three more terms after. So I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing from a suspense so writer's perspective, yes. like, oh, so that's a way to power. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A good way. Okay. Yeah. So you so sit there tell, and tell us the backstory of this book, because it is so fun and clever. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. So Jody and Martin Asher have been, Martin's been in Congress for 15 terms, 30 years, and they are like the social couple of the Hill. They, you know, they know all the right people They go to all the right parties. Um, everything's going really well. And according to Jody's plan until Martin starts messing up and um, Jody sees him flirting with a, a, one of his interns, a young staffer. And she's not really personally upset about that. She's more upset about the legacy he could ruin if anything came out about uh, 
as his relationship. So it's also at the same time, the weekend of their daughter, their only child's wedding. And she happens to be marrying a, the son of a Republican operative. <laughs> so um, Jody's just in quite a frenzy when we meet her at the opening. It's just so fun. And Jody, a frenzy. I mean, Jody's, Jody is, um, power is on her. That is her goal. She is on it. You know, well, I, I, first of all, it's so fun. It's like, and this is like the quote on this book actually sort of um, encapsulates everything that I want to know, Kara, about you, which is whatever it says, this is a Kirkus review quote, which is so fabulous. Whatever the opposite of family values is, Ruda seems intent on perfecting a genre that enshrines it. That I know. Is, and that is totally you. It is. <laughs> Which is so funny because I know you, I've met your husband. I, I follow you on social media. I know you have four beautiful, fabulous children. I know you are not quite like this woman, but so what is the appeal of these, these really interesting female characters? I have to ask. Oh, well, you know, I, I, and I don't know why they keep popping into my head so strongly. I really don't, but, but thank you. Yes. I, I, I have a lovely husband and four great kids and um, yeah, but when I sit down to write domestic suspense, I tend to have these really strong, some might say narcissistic, some might say even uh, further than that um, women. So it's kind of like Jane and the favorite daughter. She wants you to think she's the perfect yes. mother and she's, yes. she's She's not, uh, yeah. Um, and so Jody Asher, I mean, to her, Martin, her daughter, everybody's kind of a prop for her stage. Yeah. And yeah. that's how she sees people. And, uh, you know, so if you're not doing your job as a prop or if you're not reflecting good things onto her, then she's going to take action. <laughs> that is such a, and you're right. I, re I mean, I read The Favorite Daughter and that's exactly, Jane is the same. And you know what I love about this book though? I love though, I love the daughter who's not, she's, a, she's in the, she's a sort of a more minor character, Charlotte, but she, she is like so normal and you sort of feel like this is what happens, right? You can have a crazy mother and, you know, some of us can speak to that. If my mother's listening, I apologize in advance, but <laughs> I, you know, and turn out kind of normal, right? And I tell my daughter that too. I'm like, you're going to be okay. You're, you're going to be fine. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But but she is, and I love that you, there's no apologies, any of your women characters, there's no, well, I know that's what sort of what I, it's like, screw that, I'm not doing that, and I, it's just so, it's so unapologetic, and it seems so unlike, like, so unlikely from you. I, is that terrible? I can't decide if that's, if I should never say that, because of course, we're, you're cap we're capable of way more than we show, but I, you are like so likable, and these, your ladies are so um, devious. My ladies are devious. They really are. And I, I don't know if it's, it's too like, I, I mean, to me, they're very fun to write. And, um, you know, we see enough of people who act this way in, in our, in our world. And Absolutely. it's, for me, it's kind of a way to process those people yeah. I think, and, and kind of try to understand them and stuff, stuff inside their, their heads for a little bit. And it is like, Jane knows who she is. I mean, yeah. not Jane, sorry, Jody knows who she is in this book. Jane, Jane knows who she is too. Right. They both <laughs> really do. Yeah. And the, the, but with Jody, I mean, I kind of had fun having Charlotte, the daughter actually know who her mom is too, yeah. and be able to articulate that her Charlotte's um, a little bit older than Jane's daughters and the favorite daughter. And so I think she's had time to kind of step away from her mom and realize this is the best her mom can do, right? <laughs> she's right. trying her best and, you know, I'm going to go live my life over here and, and right. now that she's out of the house. So yeah. Right. So 
Yes. Hopefully people will enjoy Jody and not just get mad at her. No, I think we have to, we're along for the ride from the beginning. I mean, it's like, you, if you are looking for a sweet homegrown mama, you need to look somewhere else. <laughs> Jody's not your girl. But one of the things I love too about this and are the, your, these tips. Every, every chapter starts with these fabulous Mrs. Asher's, the wife of the Honorable Martin Asher, Democrat from Ohio, little tips for new congressional spouses. And they start out so sweet. Like here, you need to go see this and don't definitely sign up to that brunch. And don't, you know, you can go this way, but only with your, if you're with your member. In other words, like the person who's, for those people who don't know what that means, it means like, the, you know, for, with your husband in her case. And then they get sort of darker and darker and darker. <laughs> and I just, I, I mean, so did you pick, is, this, is there a book that you got these from? Cause I see, it seems like they're so wonderful. Well, it's, it's interesting when, um, uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to think, the, when you go through orientation as a new member of Congress, then they have orientation for spouses as well, because it's just this whirlwind world, especially if you've never served politics before, you just get dropped into. And so we did uh, this, a place called the Congressional Club, and it's the first bipartisan club for spouses. It was created in like 1908. And so they host an orientation for spouses. So you get, you're staying all together in some hotel in DC. And it's the first time you go through like metal detectors for everything. And it's just all a blur. The whole thing's a right. blur. And they put you on these buses and then they just whisk you away to this club and you get off. And there's all these mostly women, because it was mostly women back then. Sure. In our class, it was great because it was a phenomenal mix of like, you know, all kinds of, uh, at least on the Democrats side. Right. I was uh, going to say, right. Of people like a lot of, yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, so it's just these wonderful women welcoming you and, and you don't know, you know, what party they are or where they're from or anything. They're just like, come on in. We know it's, we know it's been like a whirlwind and, you know, take a seat, have a cup of coffee and we'll tell you some insider secrets. And then they also give you something. And I can't remember, I think it's called the blue book or some, some kind of booklet that has like the events that you should attend and, you know, little tips like that. So I kind of made that up stuff, but it's in the similar tone of that it's kind of. So, yeah, it's so fun. And then later on, there are also tips, um, you know, um, anonymous staffers tip for new members. So there's the other side of it is, is, is what the, the you know, the Congress people should be doing. So it, I found them so, um, so amusing. And they have that, like, um, what was the, Emily, what was the little pink book we all got? Right. right. Um, uh, Emily Post. Yes. And that's what I was trying to make her sound like. I'm, I'm glad because yes. um, I know it sounds a little stuffy and old-fashioned but Jody is stuffy and old-fashioned yes. in that way she wants it to be proper and like skirts should be below the knee and you know kind of yes. things like that that you know just to shine well on your member you should be following certain rules right, right so right. that's that's what I was going for so I'm glad you picked I, that up oh yeah completely and I love the fact that I mean 30 years like you were there for two years and I I mean, I, I mean, just from the outside, I have nothing to do with politics. I can't even imagine being there for two weeks. It looks so overwhelming. And to think of somebody doing it for 30 years. Right. And the stamina, I, I mean, I watch, you know, you watch these older members of Congress who have been there like 30 plus years and uh, for the most part, they are still like zipping down the hallways. They're still, you know, sharp as tech. 
And the, the pace of that job, if you do it well, if you actually are devoted to your constituents and trying to bring money back home, and it's not just about you and building your brand, it's actually right. about your district. If you do that, well, it's exhausting because there's, yeah. there is no time off. It's um, You're either doing things on the official side in DC, or you're flying across country to come back to do things in your district. That's important too. So you have a whole district staff as well. It's just a lot. <sighs> So did you get, so while you were, while Harley was in Congress, you, you lived there because your children were grown? Correct. So I was there about half, half of every month. So, and, and we were in a fortunate place that way because a lot of the people that were members of our freshman class had young kids. And so then yeah. they've got to make a decision, you know, where are they both, are they all moving to DC? But then, like I said, you have to spend a lot, you should spend a lot of time in your district too. So especially in swings, swing districts, like purple districts, you really have to be both places. So yeah. we were lucky that the kids, yes, the kids are all 20 somethings and they're, um, they're out of the house. And yeah. it was really fun for me to be able to kind of tag along too. Oh, what an experience. I mean, what, a, I mean, cause you guys, you, you know, you've, you've had a business, you've been an author, you've all this, and this is such a great, as you said, like what a place that's right. Cause we don't have a lot of, there are those political thrillers, right. The, and they're right. often usually written by men. So we don't have this sort of domestic suspense inside <laughs> Washington, DC, which is so it was so fun and all you know I remember because of course we've all uh, I've been to DC but like obviously on the out out outside but I remember like you know seeing those places where you weren't allowed to go in or you know pictures of where the little the little trolley cars that take you or yeah. from the west maybe I'm remembering this from the west wing west, yeah, yeah. At my age, you conflate your memories with what you've seen on television probably too much. But my anyway, age, I can't remember anymore. Yeah, yeah, but that is true. I mean, there's so much of, um, and and actually, when it, when right when he, I guess the first year that we were there, the favorite daughter came out, and so people suddenly realized that maybe I had a career too in DC because I had a book right. event, and uh, then they started getting worried. They're like, "Oh no, are you writing a book about us?" I'm like, "Yeah." Oh, so maybe someday I will, but yeah, but there are a lot of sneaky, yeah. I mean, not sneaky, but traditions and a lot of so much history and yeah, so much, um, you know, the tunnels all underneath the capital, you know, learning about those and learning how to navigate them there. Yeah. There's just so much you could, you could spend 30 years learning all of that and still have so much to see. There's so many museums and ah. just the national archives. I mean, it's, it's just, what I mean, yeah, a magical place. I lived there for a year after college, but it's also a hard place to live. And I think particularly for, for you know, if you're not a politician and not in politics, it's a, I imagine it, you got some story ideas, you know, we won't tell who they were, but I'm sure you got some story ideas from those experiences. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> for sure. So now I, I don't know if I heard this. I don't know if this is a, if this is something I heard secondhand or something I heard you talk about because um, we were on, you know, we did a panel together um, in, in the summer about how the, since you were writing this book about um, DC, that some of the DC staff or somebody had to read it to make sure it was not too close to something. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So um, Harley beat a 30-year incumbent and then got elected. And then he lost the next election to um, a mean woman. <laughs> Kidding. I'm sure she's <laughs> fine, but they, you know, it's like attack right. ads and yucky yeah. stuff. And so then 
after sadness, he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get go back in there. I'm getting get my uh, team together again. And so they were at that point, like, I'm like, oh, by the way, I have a book coming out about a cheating Congress. <laughs> the staff was like, what? No, no, you can't. I'm like, well, actually, it's already sold. It's, it's coming out. <laughs> you know, there's, it's like a freight train. You can't really stop it now. And so they were all panicking and had to send PDFs to everybody and they, and really the, they were fine with it after, after a bit and they calmed down and the, 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 I guess, I guess remember like the senior consultant standing, <laughs> this is huge room of like 30 or 40 people and they're all talking about the widow. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to be in big trouble. And he finally says, you know, look guys, if this is what they just choose to hit, have the campaign attack ads focus on, then we're in good shape. <laughs> so, right. Exactly. Great. Exactly. This is not, you are not, you are not Jody and Harley, is, you know, is not, it's definitely uh, not Martin. Martin. Yeah. No, right. exactly. So right. he is like, that is happening like right now. Right. Well, it was, so um, it was happening. Okay. And then um, we were, <laughs> politics is such a smooth sailing. It's almost like, um, publishing you know there's never yeah. any surprises no yeah. hiccups no hiccups. no no not at all so while we were on family vacation this december um we saw a tweet from katie porter another congressman who was in our class and she decided to run in our district <laughs> so, so no 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 stay in your district right uh, right so no so then all of a sudden harley like bowed out because he's a nice guy and he didn't want to do a dem on dem right uh, primary because that would be silly for the party and everything so yep we're out again oh my gosh how do you that would be so hard for me I am like a here's the five-year plan and and the thing is too, being the spouse um, yes. part of the equation you really can't say anything like your entire job is to try to remain poker-faced even when people are spreading lies and to you know clap and smile even if you've heard the speech about a million times so that is your job and you, you like I'm not supposed to say bad things about the people that beat us in the election or anything else so there you go it's Ugh. tough because you want I to can, say stuff of course you do are you kidding yes. plus that they're attacking you at your home right when they attack your husband it's like it's like attacking your children you just want to claw oh. their eyes out you really do. And it's, that's the hardest part. I mean, Harley will even say for him as the politician, the tack ads kind of roll off his back. Like some of them were so stupid. They're hilarious, but yeah. for the family, like for us and for me and the kids, it's like, okay, we're going to have to do, <laughs> we're, we're going right. to have to take them out. Yeah. But you really, you, you can't, I mean, you can just write about it. In well, I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say now, I, now I'm thinking like now there's a whole book in in those in, in the response to smear ads i really um, would like those attack ads i i see i yeah i have to say it's politics is hard i thank you and harley for your service because i am never going anywhere near that that is just yeah ter terrifying to me so yeah. okay so i love this so talk to, so now that we're i want to go back to the motherhood thing because you know we're women we're talking about killer women which you obviously are um and um i want you're so this like this mother this these this mother of jody this mother and you're a mother of four what like you know do you see do you ever see sort of like do you see moments of yourself in jody clearly not all of it but like those the moments where you because you you raised four kids Right. It had to have been your entire life was really the children. I mean, right. it's for some period of time, right? Was there a moment when you were like, I just want to be like, I just want to have 
everything revolve around me for a moment because that's Jody, and I see moments of that in myself and I only have two kids. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, it's always fascinating to me that, for example, um, women who are mothers who also have big careers always get asked the stupid work balance, life balance question, a question men who have similar size careers and children never get asked. So I kind of always start from that, uh, I guess, foundation that it's just, there's just an unequal and unfair judgment that is placed on women, uh, women, especially working moms. However, so then, I mean, if you kind of start with that, and I've always been fortunate to have a husband that's supported my career and have a lot of time, um, a writing career that allowed me to be around, you know, the kids are here. So that's awesome. I did have a corporate job that was fairly big for a time, but then they were always coming to the office and, you know, they've always been, I mean, obviously the most important thing in my life. But when I write my characters, yeah, I think I go at it from a different perspective <laughs> where they are in control of their world, the world they're creating while I'm writing them. Mm-hmm. And they do tend, as I said, to use their family as props because, mm-hmm. and, and again, the men that I write who have this kind of perspective and uh, personality disorder also use their their family as props. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a weird thing because I can't even put Jody in a normal situation yeah she just yeah. wouldn't she wouldn't fit there like you and I would go to lunch with her once and go oh gosh there's something really off there <laughs> you know and, <laughs> right. and she's probably she's very witty and she's um she's smart it, it, that's not it but she's just so in her own world that yeah. it's hard it would be very hard to get to know somebody like Jody. right I don't think she would allow it you know, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can yeah. you can only get as close as as serves her purpose. Well, right. the, the interesting thing about that, I, I think about the comment, the question that that we often get as working mothers is interesting, and I think, but it does reveal not only sort of a universal truth about the person asking the question, but also a universal truth about what it means to be a working mom, right? Yep. It's very. I mean, unfortunately, I think to this day, it's a very different thing than being a working dad. I do too. And I th- I would have thought seriously by now that it would feel different, look different, sound different. Uh, those questions wouldn't be there any longer because whatever the balance of um, your relationship is and, and whether it's, you know, whether you have enough the ability to um, raise a family on one income is, you know, a privilege. But I mean, pe- women, some women want to work. I always wanted yeah, to work. That's just me too. That's part of who I am and part of what I wanted my kids to see as well. And and they do. I'm, I'm like, now that you guys are big, I mean, did you like, were you sad that I was a working mom? They're like, no, we thought it was really cool. So, I mean, I think it works out as long, I mean, number one thing, what kids want is a happy mom. So yeah, it's really, right? it's really important for moms to make sure that they are happy because you're modeling that that most fundamental um, value to your kids is like self-fulfillment and happiness yourself. And that reflects down to them. So, Yeah. Um, and showing them the struggle that is balancing anything in life. Right. I mean, it is right. not easy to balance a relationship with family, with children. It's not easy to balance work with children. It's not balance is not something that comes very, you know, comes really easily, but pursuing, yeah. particularly if you have a passion, a job you're passionate about, which you obviously do. And so do I, then we're super lucky to have that. So, so well, like. I do, I do think it's, I do think it's interesting. And I mean, let's be, 
you know, we won't go too, too deep into this, but if we're really talking about how the world is changing for women right now, it is not going in the right direction. No, no, it's really not going in the right direction at all. Yeah. It's, oh. You know, and I, we got, I got this uh, um, publisher's weekly review just a couple of days ago, which is like clearly written before a Trump world or whatever, or Trump election. I'm like, no, no, we were right there. <laughs> it was yeah. definitely written. I actually watched his first two years in office firsthand. So I, you know, um, yeah, it's scary. It's not only just scary for women, it's scary because as I wrote about in somebody's home, because I got to sit in the hearings, um, the rise in domestic terrorism, just the um, awful uh, anger and uh, on both sides, on both right. sides of the aisle, right? That's just ramped it up. When we were in Congress, Harley didn't have Congress people did not have security details and it was terrifying. I mean, I got him a bulletproof vest for like, cause you know, when you're in a swing state, you're like the target of half the people yeah. and it's just not great. Right. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think that something's got to Something's got to change. I was talking to a friend of mine who she's runs a big company and she's a very spiritual woman as well. And she said, well, you know, all of this chaos happens before a new rebirth and enlightenment and I'm like so how long do we have to be in yes, <laughs> right? yes yeah so she was she has a very hopeful view of all this that we're going to get through this and everything's going to be better and uh, brighter hopefully for women and for everyone else um sometime soon I don't know when that is but okay well tell your friend if she has any control over it to just you know speed us <laughs> <Yeah>. along <laughs> I know that's why well, like Marsha hurry <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate that though, because I think it's, I think that's sometimes hard to have a hopeful perspective. And I, I think it helps to hear other women say, this is not where I imagine things to be for mm -hmm. my, for our children, you know, particularly our daughters, but also our sons, like this our is, sons, yeah. this is really, it's, yeah, it's, it's not sustainable, this kind of control and um, power grab. So hopefully it will, change will come sooner rather than later. <laughs> from your lips to God's ears. So, um, but speaking of children, you and your daughter have um, started doing some interesting things. Will you share with our listeners? Sure. Yeah, this has been such a blast. So, okay. So, you know, you write a book as you do, and then you have a book to film agent and the, you, you get it all excited. You're like, the widow's coming, book to film agent. You're going to love this. And then, meh. <laughs> Right. I haven't had a single, a single book option yet. Oh. Not good. So not yet. You know, so, not yet. So my daughter is a screenwriter and she, she writes happy things for children. Her, her focus is animated features for children. So she has a light and bright. Not, yeah, quite, not quite the widow that quite, I would not picture. My dark little um, domestic suspense stuff, but so we decided, um, I, I'm like, how am I going to get any traction on something? And she's like, well, you need to write the script is what you need to do. I'm like, awesome. So um, I said, I have no idea how to do this. And she's like, well, I'll teach you. So there's a software called Final Draft that she didn't help me install. And so we kind of write at the same time. And we, um, the first project we did was a pilot script for the favorite daughter, which is really fun. And so then I said to Avery, she had, she had traveled around the world actually with her first uh, short film called Dreamcatcher and it won all these awards oh. and all the 
laurels. And I'm like, I want a laurel. And she goes, yeah. let's, let's enter a contest. So, yes. so far we've, in, we've entered, I think four or five and we've won every contest for our script, oh my which has gosh. been amazing. Yeah. So now my book to film agents are kind of interested in it again. That <laughs> so, is, yeah, but you know, who knows what will happen, but Mostly, it was a great process to learn how to write a screenplay. I had no idea. And we just started, we just tackled The Next Wife as a feature film. So we're working on that too, which is fun too. So, so fun. You know, it's interesting because it does really make you think about different things than what you think about when you're writing, particularly, of course, that most of it has to happen in dialogue, which is right. so different. We're so used to painting a picture. I mean, you can, you can give us, you know, Little this happens. Yeah. yeah. But we're, you know, we're so so much of what we do on the page is interior and it can't be interior it's really interesting well i cannot wait to read i want to read the script i think that's so cool well good for you guys i love that well i need a daughter who writes screenplays right i mean i had it was it was uh, you know i mean i i was always proud of her but she was doing her thing over here and yes. i'm doing my thing over here and she's like mom you got to get lighter i'm like you got to get darker it's fun over here you know but then yeah it's it's been so fun collaborating actually and we can do it she lives in la so we can do it virtually but it's great when she pops down and we can do it in person but yeah yes. that is so fun well you and i all and you have three boys too are they in the are they near you yeah, there are, um, one is like in Irvine, so super close to where I am in Laguna Beach. And then Avery, my daughter, and the other two boys are in uh, North Hollywood, Culver City, and Mar Vista. <laughs> so they're all in LA. I don't know I love how to it. get to all those places. They just come here. Mostly. I was going to say, yeah, that that makes total sense to me. Well, yeah. that is so exciting. I love that you're working on a, um, the screenplay for this. And um, so you imagine the favorite daughter as a like a show rather yeah, than like a, a TV show. Yeah. Limited series is what we kind of set up. So that was fun too. Just, you know, cause yeah, it's, it's been really fun. I'm like, I think this would be a great TV series. So we'll see. So yeah. And fun. actually yeah. the widow too, I think the widow would make, you know, cause it's kind of like scandal and house of cards and all mm -hmm. those kind of shows. So mm -hmm. but we haven't tackled this one yet. We've kind of got our like plans down, but we haven't written anything yet. Oh, I, plus the fact I, you know, it's like, we also, I think we have, there's so much interest in the, I mean, we, we hear so much about the politics side of politics and a lot about certain member, certain politicians lives, but there's not that much out there. It's like why I think people loved West Wing. There's just not right. that much out there about what it is like for just a normal, not that Jody's normal, but just for normal people to live in DC. Right. And the spouses, I mean, the spouses really do hold a lot of power. Um, they are making things work behind the scenes. They're yeah. uh, very, very valuable and their service is really never appreciated. I mean, I didn't appreciate it until I was one. Then I'm like, oh my goodness, these families and these um, partners go through a lot to right. serve our country, right? So I, yeah, I would love to see something about that on television someday. So I agree. Well, I love that. And I, it's funny too, because as you said, you, the, the politicians, you're not, you really can't do much. And yet you are sort of, you're, you're, you have a whole job when you were living in DC, not just like, it's not like you moved to DC and went to a few cocktail parties. You were responsible for a lot of stuff 
Right. Well, and it was fun. I mean, you can really be as involved as you want to be. Some spouses never even go to DC. They just stay oh, in their wow. district. Yeah. Huh. But I, I'm like, well, you know, I'm all in. So let's yeah. just do the thing. And I found out one of the first um, things I found out, we were walking through this tunnel that goes to um, the Capitol building. And there, there's this display of artwork all down, like artwork, tons of it. And it was um, the congressional uh, art competition and so I'm in each district had an entry from a high school student and they're phenomenal works for it so we get to where our district would would have been and our district was 48th California 48th and um, there's no entry and our congressman had never brought the congressional art competition to our district I'm like this is crazy so oh. I mean the first thing I did was I'm like all right, how do we do this? And you know, and the, the the winner gets flown to DC, and then their parents and the and the artists get awarded. It's a really huge yeah. honor. So anyway, so I started that up. So that's good fun. for and you. I, you know, the, things like that that you can do, and um, you can give constituent tours of like the White House and uh, the Library of Congress. I was learning to be a docent there, and you know, there's so much you can do and like sh really share your love of history and DC with people, which right. I think is important. So. Right. It's a real, I can imagine it. And there were so many wonderful moments and such a surreal experience. And, um, and then, but the, then it's interesting too, to think about the idea of like what Harley is going through now is like you win and then you're out and then you're going to try again. And, and it's like, and that you, is a, get, huh. you get blocked again. I know. So it, it's, it is, that's the tough part of it because it is only a two-year term. So you yeah. start hitting your stride and then for us, the pandemic hit. So that pretty much made me hightail it back to um home you know because it was locked down and everything harley didn't did end up he said that's my duty to fly back and forth so he didn't ever vote proxy like a lot of people did so yeah. he was there doing the votes in person and he'd come back and i'm like home's off in the garage right, right. <laughs> but anyway um yeah so that kind of abruptly ended our time like as soon as that mandatory lockdown came like march 18th or whatever i was in dc i'm like I, I guess i gotta go and so then he kind of had the that last part of his term just kind of by himself in a pandemic <laughs> Yeah, so then after you lose in November, you still serve out your term until January when the new congressperson is sworn in. So yeah, that is sad. But then that he was like all really fired up to do it again. And then boom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I well, I have to give him a lot of credit because that also sounds like it'd be really hard. You'd have to really so much work and so I never think about I never really feel sorry for politicians but I'm having a moment for Harley that is yeah it intense. was because he uh, was named the most production productive freshman in his class for bringing the most dollars back to his district and I'm not kidding he worked all the time and yeah. you know he he would fly back across the country with a, a, another congressperson who I guess he always had to travel through Dallas because there's no nonstop, and uh, he would be he loved the flight part because he would get caught up on briefings and look at what right. he's doing and this person would always end up like it near him playing candy crush the whole time <laughs> so yeah. i mean that's why i say like that kind of person should not probably be in congress anymore they should go home and play candy crush and let somebody new right. go to dc and try to make a difference right so right yeah right. so we did learn there's yeah, there's a lot of levels of, uh, yeah, of hard work. And I imagine that, and that's gotta be really frustrating too. That would be a really hard job. I really, yeah. and and from your side too, it would be a really hard job, which is why it's so fun that you get to take out all of your frustration at, on uh, in this book. And I do, I have to say the cover 
if you, I her clavicles and jaw, she's right? just gorgeous. Yeah, I know. And, and I, she's she Jody likes her because she's much younger than Jody is in the story. Jody's like, oh, oh, all right, I'll take that. I'm like, this yeah, is not Jody. Yeah, this can't be Jody, but it no. could certainly be how Jody sees herself. That wouldn't surprise me that much. Oh, absolutely, it's, Jody. You know. This is how she sees herself. Yes, mm -hmm. she's perfect. She and is. this woman is ridiculously gorgeous. So, okay, so I just saw on social media, congratulations, you have another two book, one book, you have another book coming. Yeah, yeah, I have a two book deal, which was great. I like those way better because you don't, you like yeah. the one book deal is so, yeah, because The Widow is one book and then I'm like, oh, she's probably our last. But anyway, um, that's publishing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But yes, yes. So Beneath the Surface is coming September of 2023. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the last round of edits right now. Knock wood. That's last. Um, so I know. this one is about, it's kind of a succession meets the OC story. And it's set, it's set on one day, well, like a weekend on a mega yacht. Um, and it's about this. <laughs> so, wow. I hope you I had to get on a mega yacht for some research, Kara, because well, that would make. Okay, this is so fun. So we um, took the family, we went as a family to Croatia and Montenegro um, to some, I don't know, whenever it was. And um, Montenegro, unbeknownst to me, is the, now everybody knows because of the seizure of the Russian boats yeah. and everything, but yeah. it's home of all bad guys with huge boats go to Montenegro. So we're, I mean, and really nobody else goes to Montenegro, but my Harley's like, I, I, I want to see Montenegro. I'm like, sure. So we sat in our hotel room. You would just sit on your balcony and watch the super yachts come in. They're like floating worlds, right? With um, hundreds of, of crew. And just, so that's where my mega yacht came from was this time in Montenegro, just watching these, this is a whole other life, right? I so, can't imagine. Anyway. Yeah. So I put my family on uh, these uh, crazy kind of messed up family, <laughs> yeah, succession like, family. I'm like, I think I'll put you on a mega yacht, like like I saw in Montenegro. And so yes, so that that's where all the um, hopefully hopefully I, it will be enter entertaining. Oh my god, I suspect somebody might go overboard. That's so fun. Maybe well, so. that exactly. I won't. I won't make. I won't. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um. So September of 2023, and then. December 1st, we have the widow coming. So Kara, tell everybody, where's the best place? We should all be, you know, get our hands on this ASAP. Where's the best place to find you online, um, social media? Tell, yeah. And also then at, tell us about the Killer Author Club because that's super fun too. Oh, sure. Okay. So yes, you can find me and, and it's very hard to pronounce and spell, but if you can get it, <laughs> then you can find me at Kara Ruda pretty much everywhere um twitter and instagram and all of that and then on facebook i'm at Kara Ruta books is my page but the really fun thing we've been doing kind of like what you're doing with the killer women is we uh two friends author friends and i kimberly bell and heather gudenkoff during the pandemic we all had books coming out and no in-person events so i'm like what can we do to do something different so kind of reached out to them and said how would you like to do a killer author club and they're like sure this will be great so that's really how it started and we're almost a year in we're we're like shocked that it's gone by so fast but we interview authors every other tuesday live on facebook at the killer author clubhouse or you can find us on youtube killer author club and so it's been a really fun way to stay connected and like what you're doing here you know being able to talk we spend our days writing by ourselves yeah. so yeah the, 
the ability to connect like this. I mean, and we love it. I love going to the conferences and stuff too, but, but this adds another way of connecting. So I really love it. I agree. That's sort of exactly where this comes from too. And just the chance to talk to, um, like-minded people who find creepy things everywhere. Well, the Killer Author Club is is super fun. And that is live, which I said to Kara earlier, I don't do live because I would 100% mess it up. And then I would be sweating bullets through the whole thing. So um, mine are always pre-recorded in case we have to take out something I really mess up or if my one of my four dogs goes berserk. Um, okay, but I'm gonna spell Kara Ruta for you just in case you're listening. <laughs> Kara, K-A-I-R-A. Ruda, R-O-U-D-A, like Gouda, but with an R, Kara Ruda. And actually, I think if you misspelled it, but put suspense author, uh, the Google monster would help you find her. So, um, well, The Widow is, it is uh, it is literally, unlike it's like West Wing meets, um, God, who would be a woman that we could even compare her to? Um, I know, like- I'm not gonna come yeah. up with a- House of Cards had these kind of people in it, for sure. Yes. Yeah um yeah scandal a little bit yeah Veep is too happy <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's it's it has but it's actually it has some house of cards moments but it, the the behind the scenes stuff is is so much more prevalent and um and actually you know really really so so fun and um yeah it's not to be missed it's a super fun read it's a start you know give yourself enough time to finish it when you start it because otherwise you're going to stay up late like i did um kara congratulations is so exciting the widow can't wait to see it on you know the big screen or on, <laughs> yeah. or actually since i don't go to the movies anymore just on my personal big screen <laughs> right exactly and that's how we all do it now too it's yeah it's very crazy but thank you and thank you and congratulations on all your success the whole thing. thank you for having me absolutely and thank you so much for joining us everybody this is killer women today's guest was kara ruda and we will see you next time bye